Well, good morning. How are y'all today? Everybody doing good? Did you enjoy your holiday break? Everybody had a good time? Are you ready to go back to normality? Ready to go back to school? Sure you are. Well, we are four days into 2015. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? See, nobody made any in the first service either. Does nobody make New Year's resolutions anymore? How many of you made a, have made a New Year's resolution in the past? Okay, good. How many of you have actually kept that New Year's resolution all year long? So very few people, only a few people. Why is it so hard for us to keep those New Year's resolutions? Because see, see, I would say that that pattern is typical for most people. Change is really hard for us. Why, why is change so hard for us? I mean, most of the resolutions that we make are for our own good. Generally, we make those resolutions that are uh, to eat healthier, to exercise more, to have more patience, to slow down in life, to be less stressed. But yet, we don't ever seem to be able to accomplish what we set out to do at the beginning of the year. We have all the best intentions in the world to make changes in our lives, but inevitably, we end up falling back into the same patterns Um, And we continue to do the same things that we've always done. And then another year goes by and we're in the same place that we were a year ago. Or sometimes we're worse off than when we started. And while it might not be such a big deal if your New Year's resolution was to get more exercise or to eat less chocolate and you didn't keep that, while that may not be a big deal, it is a big deal if you make New Year's resolutions to spend more time with your family and less time being busy and you don't follow through with that or if your resolution is to work on your marriage and love your spouse the way that God's asked you to or your resolution is to mend that broken relationship that you have with a friend or a family member it is a big deal if your resolution was to spend more time getting to know God and his will for your life and you didn't keep that because it's a big deal because what happens is we let another year go by. And before you know it, your kids are already grown. And your time to invest in them, to have influence in their lives, your ability to teach them and lead them spiritually is gone. It's gone. Before you know it, another year just goes by, and the distance that's between you and your spouse is now so great that you're really just roommates. And you're no longer loving each other the way that God wants you to love each other. You've ignored the relationship for so long that you don't even see a path back to health. See, another year goes by and that broken relationship that you have with a friend or family member is now full of anger and bitterness. And it's to the point that forgiveness and restoration just seems impossible the hurt continues to grow on both sides. See, another year goes by and you feel farther from God than you ever have in your life. And it's starting to affect every area of your life. Busyness and material things, career goals, those earthly endeavors that we strive so hard for have come between you and God to the point that spending time with Him Worshiping Him, serving Him is not even on our radar anymore, much less a priority. 
And then we're, live, we're left feeling empty and without purpose in life. See, to tell you the truth, I really don't like New Year's resolutions. I don't like them at all. And don't get me wrong, it's not that I don't like the idea of making positive changes in my life. We need to make changes. We need to set goals in our life and try to do better. I think we need to do those things. It's just that resolutions tend to be done in a way that relies on our own strength and our own power. And I think that's why we usually fail, because we try to do things in our own strength and in our own power. See, the truth is, most of the changes that I need to make in my life, most of the changes that you need to make in your life, they can't be done on our own. See, they require the power of the Holy Spirit living within us, and they require God working through the people in our lives. Now let me stop here for a moment, because sometimes I think we get tripped up thinking that change can happen just between me and God. See, we think if we pray enough, if I pray earnestly enough to God, and I, I, and I just plead to Him, God, help me make changes in my life, that God's going to miraculously give me the, the strength, the will, and the desire to follow through on all of those changes. And while that does happen, because God is God and He can and He will do miracles at times, I don't believe that to be the norm. I think there's more to it than that. I think it's part of it, but I think there's more to it than that. See, see, God has set up the body of Christ. That's you and me, us in here. He set up the body of Christ to be his conduit to work through. God works through us. And generally, changes happen in our lives when we rely on God and when we allow him to work through the body of Christ, to work through his people. See, that's why it's so important that you are connected to this body of Christ. Because God ministers to you through his people. But see, here's where the problem lies. Because if I'm really being honest, I don't want anybody to know that I need help. I don't. Ultimately, I believe that's why it's so hard for us to make positive changes in our lives. We don't allow people to get past the masks that we wear. And sometimes we don't even let God get past the masks that we wear. See, we're starting a new series today called Masquerade. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the different masks we wear and hide behind. Because all of us wear masks. Each of us do. We may not realize that we wear them, but the truth is that we have been trained conditioned or tricked into wearing masks almost every day of our lives. See, some of us use masks to hide the sin that's in our lives. There are things in our lives that have been skillfully covered up for years, maybe even decades. Parts of us that we have never exposed to anybody. Yet we know that sin in our life is slowly destroying everything around us. But we're afraid. We're afraid to drop the mask for fear of judgment and shame. Some of us use masks to hide pain in our lives. We've got some deep wounds. We have some deep hurts. We know that we need help, but we don't have the courage to drop the mask and say, I'm really in trouble. I'm really hurting and I'm really in need. 
Some of us hide behind the mask of pride. We don't want anybody to know our imperfections. We don't want people to know that we have problems, that we struggle through life, that we fail at times. On the outside, everything looks great. My life looks perfect. But on the inside, everything is different. It's a different story. See, this is the mask that we as pastors get tricked into wearing a lot. As a pastor, it's very important to me that no matter what is going on in my life, I never let you down spiritually. It's very important to me that no matter what is going on in my life, I never let you down spiritually. So I and the other pastors as well, we've learned to wear a mask. We put on the holy mask. What does that mean? That means we can fake it. We can fake it spiritually. See, even though I feel empty and far from God, I feel like I can't let you see that side of me because my job is to lead you spiritually. And if I let you see that side of me, how can I lead you spiritually? If I say that I'm far from God, how can I tell you to be close to God? So we fake it. We fake it spiritually. See, I don't think pastors are the only one that wear that mask. I think a lot of us fake it spiritually at times. I asked my wife what mask she thought I hid behind the most. She said I hide behind the mask of invulnerability, meaning that I pretend nothing hurts me. And it's not just that. It's not that nothing hurts me. It's that I position myself so nothing will hurt me. So I say things like, well, I don't really care what people say. But the truth is I do because it hurts. It hurts when I'm criticized. And so I hide behind this rough, impenetrable exterior. And I keep people at a distance. I do all the time. I keep people at a distance so they can't get close enough to me to cause me harm. Masks, we all have them. We all have them. And we've become very skilled at wearing them. So my hope in this series is that God will teach us how to drop the masks so that we can be real in front of Him and real in front of each other. So if you have a Bible or you have a Bible app on your phone, open up, go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at the very first masquerade in the Bible. Now here in Genesis 2, you have Adam and Eve. They're the only two people living on earth. Okay, And everything in the earth was perfect. They were perfect. They were perfect together. Their relationship with God was perfect. They both looked good to each other. There was romantic music in the air. Birds sang whenever they came close together. And God said this. He says, this, is, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And their two are united to one. Meaning, they're going to be married. They're going to have this intimate relationship with each other. They're going to share life together. But here's the part that I want you to see. It says the man and his wife were both what? They were both what? You can say it. Say it again. Why don't we want to say naked in church? They were both naked, but they felt no shame. See, it's interesting to me that they had no clothes on and they weren't embarrassed. There was no hiding, which is not the case for today. How many of you ever had that dream where you were at work or school in your underwear? Or you were naked in your dream? How many of you had, am I the only one who's had that dream? What does that say about me if I'm the only one who's had that dream? 
Anyways, it's that feeling, that feeling, that dream you have when you're naked or in your underwear at school or work. All you want to do is hide. You want to get away and hide. That's how we feel about being naked today. At least that's the way we should feel about it. We feel exposed and we go into hiding. But for Adam and Eve, they were totally naked and they weren't embarrassed at all. And we're nothing like that. You see, before sin came into the world, there was no shame and there was no reason to hide. No embarrassment, no masks, nothing. See, the Hebrew word that's translated as shame is the word bush. And this word means to be ashamed, to be disappointed, to be confused, to become dry. Without sin, there is no shame, no disappointment, no confusion. There is no relational dryness. See, Adam and Eve were absent of everything that separated them from God and from each other because there was no sin. There was no shame. There were no games. There were no masks. Now, if you know the story, everything changes because Satan comes along and he tempts Eve. God said, you can eat from any tree in this garden, any tree except this tree. This tree is my tree, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. And Satan comes along and he, and he questions God. He said, did God really say not to eat from that tree? And that's what he does to us. He comes to us and goes, did God really say that? Does God really say that you can't eat from that tree? And then he puts this little shiny piece of fruit in front of Eve and she falls for the temptation and she eats it. And then she gives some to her husband and he eats it. And then skip, skip off over to chapter 3, verse 7. Here's what happens. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt what? Shame. They felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves up. See, this is the Bible's very first masquerade. Because Adam and Eve are saying, I can no longer be the real me. I can't bring the real me anymore. I'm not good enough. I feel unworthy. After what I've done, I won't let you see the real me anymore. And they covered themselves up and they became hypocrites. Now you might be saying, how are they hypocrites? Well, if you look in the New Testament, you'll see that Jesus was harder on the hypocrites than he was on anybody else. If there was a sinner who was honest, Jesus showed them love and grace. But it was the Pharisees, the hypocrites of that day, that he had the harshest words, for, harshest words for. And it's because they were play actors. They were just playing a part. In fact, the word that's translated as hypocrite in the New Testament is the Greek word called hypocrites. And this word literally is the word that they use to describe actors in Greek plays. So the word means an actor playing a role, somebody wearing a mask to misrepresent reality. And that's what Adam and Eve were doing. They literally covered themselves up with fig leaves, wearing a mask that God never intended them to wear. See, because of sin, they no longer felt like they could be the people that God created them to be. They had to play a different role because the enemy tricked them into feeling unworthy. And see, that's the same game that Satan plays with us. Because generally what happens is something happens in our lives. Either we choose to sin or, or tragedy or some pain comes upon us. 
or something bad happens and, and we, start to, we start to take that on as our identity. We think that what we did is who we are. I'm a bad person. I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy. I mean, if you knew the real me, you wouldn't love me. And so we wrongly believe that the only safe place for us, the only way for us to be safe is to not show who we really are, but instead wear a mask and hide. And this is what happens to Adam and Eve. Look at verse 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. See, this should have been the best news ever for Adam and Eve. My God, the Lord of the universe is coming to spend time with me. They should have been excited, but they weren't. They were afraid. And they hid in the trees. And the Lord calls to the man. He says, where are you? Where are you? Did God know where Adam was? Do you think God knew where Adam was? Yeah, God knew where Adam was. So why does he ask the question, where are you? I think it's not because God didn't know where Adam was, but because God wanted Adam to know where he was. God wanted Adam to acknowledge where he was, that he was hiding. And so Adam replies, he said, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. See, Adam is saying, I was afraid because I felt vulnerable. I was afraid because I knew I was imperfect. I was afraid because I no longer felt good enough. So the only thing I knew to do was hide from you, God. I was afraid because after what I've done, if you've only knew what I've done, you probably wouldn't love me anymore. See, we do the same thing. We're afraid that God won't love us. I mean, how can I, how in the world can I go before God and expect Him to love me after all the things that I've done in my life? And if God knows my sinful thoughts, how can I stand before Him? If God sees the real me, really who I am, He's going to reject me. So I have these masks that I wear. This part of me that I will show you, God, this is the part of me I will show you because I'm afraid for you to see the rest of who I am. So I'm going to wear this mask and this is the part that you're going to see. The rest I'm going to hide from you, God. I'm going to hide it from you. And so that's what we do. We hide behind our masks. We walk around like life is perfectly fine. Like our relationships are perfectly fine. Our spiritual life is perfectly fine. But the truth is, for a lot of us, we're just playing the role of actors. We're just playing a role. We can't let anyone know that we're struggling in our marriage. We can't let anyone know that we're struggling with sin. We can't let anyone know that we're hurting, that we have anger and jealousy and bitterness, that we're lazy that we lust and that we're envious. And the list goes on and on. We can't let anybody know our junk. And so we hide from each other and we hide from God. And God knows we're hiding, just like he did with Adam and Eve. He knows we're hiding and he's coming to us and he's saying, where are you? 
Where are you? When it comes to God, where are you? I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you in all sincerity to drop whatever mask that you have, and I want you to bring the real truth. Where would you say that you are with your relationship with God? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, as honestly as you can, where would you say that you are with God? Some of you might say, I'm a 9. I'm at a 9. And you could say that with all integrity. God's Word is a priority in your life. You're spending consistent time with Him. You're serving Him faithfully, praying constantly, tithing faithfully. You're doing the things that make your relationship with God deep and intimate. And you're feeling connected and close to your Creator. But for some of us, if we're being honest, we'd have to say we might be at a two. Yeah, I might be here at church, but I've really ignored God all week long, and I'm just pretending. I haven't picked up a Bible. I'm not even sure where my Bible is anymore. Prayer, not a chance. Serving, no time. Battling temptation, no, I just gave up. Now I'm just going to live with that sin in my life. See, no matter where you are on the scale, I want you to have the courage to drop that mask and say, here is where I am with God. And be honest. Be honest about it. Because I promise you, God already knows where you're at. He's big enough and he's secure enough to handle you being honest with him. He knows that you haven't spent time with him in a long time. He knows that you're too busy in life. He knows that you've allowed other priorities to take his place. For some of you, he knows that you're living in unrepentant sin. He knows about that emotional affair. He knows about that physical affair. He knows about the lust, the envy, the greed, the pride. He knows all of that in your life. He knows that you are living and walking in unrepentant sin. You've lost your intimacy with him, and you're acting like it's all okay, and it's not okay. It's not okay. For some of you, he knows that you're holding back from him. You know the principle of the tithe, but you are so into material things, you haven't put God first in your finances in a long time. You know you need to serve, but you allow so many other things to get in the way of serving him. Wherever you are, I want you to tell God and I want you to be honest about it. I want you to look at your notes and I want you to circle. There's a scale on your notes from 1 to 10. I want you to circle right now where you are with God. Circle that on your notes. I have to be honest with you because this has been a very convicting message for me to prepare. Because the truth is I've been sitting at about a five on that scale for a long time now. And as I look back on this last year of my life, all I see is inconsistency. Yeah, there have been times that I've been really passionate for God, spending a lot of time with Him, investing in that relationship, but there have been a whole lot more times when I allow the busyness of ministry and the distractions of life to pull me away from Him. And to be really honest, there have been times when I've just been plain apathetic towards God altogether. 
I struggled with this message because the temptation for me to put on that pastor mask was really, really high. I, I want, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be honest with you about where I've been with God. I didn't want to stand up here and wear, I wanted to stand up here and wear my mask and pretend that I have it all together, that my relationship with God is good. I wanted to be a good example for you to follow. That's what I wanted to do. So God convicted me of a couple of things this week. One is that being a five or a six is unacceptable to him. He is the creator of the universe. He is the king above kings. He's the Alpha and Omega. And God is more than worthy of my time and attention. Being a six or a five is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. See, I've been treating God like a genie in a bottle that I put on a shelf and I pull him out when things get tough. Instead of treating him like the loving, generous father that he is to me. I've only been allowing God in certain parts of my life and he needs to be in every part of my life. See, God needs to be my every thought, not just an afterthought. So I've got to change. I can't stay at a five. I can't do that. I've got to change. The second thing God convicted me was, I've got to stop faking it. I've got to stop faking it. I have to drop the mask. I know that God still loves me, and I know God will forgive me when my heart isn't completely His, but I've got to stop faking it. All of us do. We all do. Listen, if you haven't heard anything else, this whole message, listen to this. We have to drop the masks. We have to drop the masks. Because, see, I don't see how we move forward if we don't do that. If we can't be honest with God and we can't be honest with each other, I don't see how we move forward as individuals or as a church who has been called to a very important mission. If we can't do this, we can't move forward. Because here's what I know. I know that some of you are very, very far from God right now. And you feel empty, lonely, and unfulfilled in life. I know that some of you are hurting right now. You have deep hurts and wounds, and you're suffering alone. I know some of you are being crushed by the burdens that you're carrying. I know some of you have marriages that need intervention right now, right now, today or it's going to be too late. I know some of you are struggling with sin in your life, and the enemy has you trapped, and it's slowly destroying everything around you. I know that some of you know that I'm speaking directly to you, but because of pride or stubbornness, you're not listening. I know that some of you are thinking, nope, it's all good. Everything's good in my life. But I would warn you, 
Check your blind spots. Make sure that it really is all good in your life. Because we can't afford to be wrong. See, we can't continue to walk around with these masks on, pretending that life is okay. Because I don't believe that is the way that God wants us to live our lives. If we want that deep, intimate relationship with God, if we want to heal from our wounds, if we want to find purpose in life, if we want to be free from our burdens, if we want to heal our marriages, if we want to be free from sin, if we want to have that free and abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us, then we have to drop the masks. And we've got to stop hiding from God, and we've got to stop lying to each other. We have to drop the masks. But here's the good news. Because no matter where you are on that scale, no matter where you are in your relationship with God, there is always a path back to Him. God always, constantly pursues us every day of our lives. And even in the midst of our own junk, God still loves us so deeply. I believe that with my whole heart, I would stake my life on it. God loves us so deeply. And yes, he wants us to come to him as the real us, vulnerable, afraid, naked. That's the way he wants us. But he's going to take care of us. Let me show you what he does for Adam and Eve. In verse 21, the Lord made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. See, he made garments of skins for them, and he made a covering for them. This is the very first story in the Old Testament, and it's a foreshadowing of what God would do for us through Christ. Because here, God sacrifices an innocent animal who sheds innocent blood, and he took the skin from that innocent animal, and he made a covering for Adam and Eve to cover their shame and to cover their sin. And that's exactly what God did for us through Christ. He sacrificed the innocent Lamb of God, Jesus, who shed his blood so that we could be covered by it. And because of the covering of Christ, we no longer have to hide from God. See, we can be everything that God wants us to be if we drop our masks and we clothe ourselves with Christ. That's the only way that we can please God in every way. As the band comes up, I'm going to ask them to come on up, and I want to challenge you with this. I want you to make a commitment today that you will actually keep all year long. I want you to commit to doing something about where you are on that scale See, I don't know where you're at on the scale. Maybe you're really not sure about all of this God stuff and you still have questions about who God is and what God's about. I would challenge you, get those questions answered. Get those questions answered. You can do that by letting us know on your connection card. I promise you, we're not going to visit your house. We're not going to send you, uh, do any high-pressure tactics. We just want to answer your questions for you. We want to help you in your journey as you discover who God is. Maybe God's convicting you to make him the Lord of your life today, to accept that sacrifice that Christ made for your sin. Maybe you've never accepted the free gift of salvation. Let me say to you, now is the time 
to accept Jesus and bring him into your life. Put your full trust in him. I promise his word is true and he is faithful to his word. He is. If that's where you're at, you can mark that on your connection card as well. But I really like to talk to you about that decision today. If you're at a point where you want to accept Christ as your Savior, please come and talk to me after the service. I just want to give you some information and some books to help you on your journey. So if you're willing, come up here and talk to me after the service. For the rest of you, as you meet in your small groups this week, and I know this is going to be hard. I know it's going to be hard. But what I'm asking you to do is to drop the mask in front of your small group and be honest with each other. Be honest with each other. Trust each other. Be faithful to each other. Pray for each other. Encourage each other. Help each other. Carry each other's burdens. And do this. If you need help, get help. If your marriage is in trouble and you know it, drop the mask and tell people your marriage is in trouble. If you're struggling with sin, drop the mask and tell them you're struggling with sin. If you're distant from God, drop the mask and tell them, I need to find God again and I need your help. Do that. Don't continue to struggle in your marriage. Don't continue to struggle in sin. Don't continue to be distant from the God who loves you. Allow God to work through those he has put in your life. That's what this body of Christ is designed for. If you're not in a small group, this should be your highest priority. We've been telling you over and over again, you cannot do life alone. You can't do life alone. Get into a group. We'll help you find one. Just tell us you're not in a group. We'll help you find one. It may take a couple of times, but we'll find you a place to plug in. We'll find people who are going to love you and pray for you and encourage you and keep you accountable and help you grow in your relationship with God. For the rest of us, we have to stop wearing masks. We've got to drop them. We've got to stop wearing them. And we've got to be honest with God. And we've got to be honest with each other. If we want to continue to grow in our relationship with God, that's what we've got to do. My prayer is, is that we would have the courage to do so. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing love and grace and mercy, God, even though we walk away from you all the time. God, you still pursue us no matter what. And you still love us in the midst of all of our junk, in the midst of all of our sin, in the midst of all of our rebellion. God, you still love us so deeply. Thank you for that. Lord, I know this is not where you want us to stay. And God, I know you've designed this body of Christ to help each other. And so God, my prayer is that all of us would have the courage to be honest about where we're at, where we're hurting, where we need to help. God, we would be honest with you. And then we would be willing to accept those people in our lives to help us, the people that you put there to help us. God, help us have the courage to do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.